We're in this uh, series, Got Carrots, and we've been talking about that continual pursuit of more. You know, pursuits that are really fueled with the idea that if there's something out there, we think, and if we get it, that we'll be happy, that, that we'll be satisfied if I just had that. You know, and many times these pursuits are are kind of uh, carrots dangling on a stick. They're they're elusive. Uh, they're out of reach all the time. And even if you happen to get what you're pursuing, oftentimes it leaves you wanting in life, wondering what you really got, and convinced that you need just a little bit more. And today, what I want to talk about is the unhealthy pursuit for approval or perfection. And it's a pursuit that will break you in your life. It's that need to live up to the unrealistic expectations of other people, maybe your own expectations, even God's. And many of you, it's interesting because you're just hard on yourself, you, the fact is, you're hard on yourself because you don't get it right, because you make mistakes from time to time. And what I've always found interesting is that many times people won't let themselves off the hook, but they they're readily will show grace to other people in their lives. You know, a friend or a child or somebody at work makes a mistake, and they're like, hey, we all make mistakes. Don't, don't worry about it. You know, no one's perfect. And we have that kind of a conversation with them. But in our own lives, we just have this unhealthy, unrealistic expectation for ourselves. Some of you make mistakes and you come up short. And what happens is you start worrying you're frustrated with it, even ashamed, and you feel guilty about it because you didn't get it right. You know, Jesus says something that I think is very intimidating in the book of Matthew. He says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Be perfect. No pressure, right? <laughs> Never sin. Never have a bad thought. Never make a mistake. Never say the wrong thing. You know, never get it wrong as a parent. Be perfect. No pressure with that, right? All you got to do is you got to have a, like a Facebook-worthy family, a Pinterest-worthy home, an Instagram-worthy looks, you know, some dream vacations, a, a few vocational successes that are worthy of posting, of course. I mean, the bar's high, isn't it? You got to be a super spouse, an incredible parent, a, a thoughtful son or daughter, an exceptional person at work or at school. It's the pursuit of perfection, or should I say, the perception of perfection in life. See, I think the pursuit of perfection is something that permeates every single area of life. And it affects us all in different ways, okay? You know, it's, it's the results in obsessing over things. Why? Well, because we want to get them right. 
We want it to be perfect. You know, many times it actually gets to the point in your life where you actually become inefficient, ineffective in whatever it is you're doing. You know, pursuing perfection, well, it's the enemy of progress in life. And it's unhealthy. It's just unhealthy. Yet, yet, some of you right now, you're, you're going, yeah, but it's the price I have to pay to be successful. The pursuit of perfection is a battle that many people struggle with. And it plays out a lot of different ways in, in life. And I want, I want to look at what I think are some of the main ways that this perfectionism kind of affects us. Uh, you see if you can identify with some of it, all right? And the first one is self-induced perfectionism. You know, this is the unrealistic expectation that you place on yourself in your life. You set your expectations high, right? And consequently, I could tell you something about yourself. You probably are a little bit controlling. You micromanage everything. And you spend a lot of time worrying. I'm going to need a new body pack, I think. I'll keep it handy. So, yeah, that wasn't planned, by the way. <laughs> but, you know, just this fretting, obsessing over things to the point of inefficiency in life. Because you, you can't trust anyone to help. Why? Because they won't get it what? Right. <laughs> Thank you. I may switch. I'll wait. <laughs> Uh, you know, sometimes the, the pursuit of perfectionism is so great that what actually happens is you start procrastinating things because there's this deep sense inside you of inadequacy, the, the fear that, you know, I, I've got to live up to my standard, whatever it is. And when you don't, again, you start feeling guilty. You may even feel a little bit ashamed at points. The second type is what I'll call externally motivated perfectionism. You know, it drives, it's driven by this deep need in you to meet the expectations of other people. You know, it kind of pushes you to be the, the perfect spouse, the perfect parent, the perfect worker, perfect leader, and get this, even the perfect Christ follower, it'll creep into. And when other people's expectations are just too hard and you can't get there, well, you often begin to misrepresent reality. You know, you, you will project things as better than they are in your life. In fact, sometimes, you, even though you know things are a mess, you will post things, you will say things, you will, will do things that it, you'll go, it's just not true, but I'm going to post it anyway. You, you know, it's more uh, like you're posting what you, you wish things were in your life. 
And when this happens, friends, when this becomes your MO, I will tell you, you will feel alone, depressed, and even desperate in your life. You know why? Because you are afraid you will be exposed in some area. And in your heart of hearts, you know no matter how hard you work, that you will never be good enough to live up to the expectations of other people in your life. And just FYI, if you struggle with perfectionism in your life, you, you will uh, try and impose your expectations on the people around you. You will expect others to live up to this high, impossible standard that you've created. And what happens in that is at some point you quit having empathy for people. And I will tell you, without empathy in your life, you will tear down others, you will be impatient, abrasive, and even demeaning from time to time. Some of you had parents like that. Some of you are parents like that. You know, this this perfectionism can spill into every single relationship in your life. You know, with your spouse, with your friends, relationships at work, at church, perfectionism is destructive. It is, just is. You know, oftentimes when we talk about uh, this whole topic of perfectionism, we kind of look at it as a psychological issue, and it is to a degree, okay? But at its root, it is a spiritual issue in life. Perfectionism is often kind of covering up for our insecurities, our, our deepest fears that we're just not good enough in some area. And it will become a quest in your life if you're not careful. If, if I can live up to this standard or at least create the illusion that I've got it all together, then maybe I'll be good enough for someone. Maybe I'll be good enough for God. And this kind of struggle's been going on for millenniums. You know, in fact, you can track it all the way back, I think, to the Garden of Eden. You know, Adam and Eve, they were perfect when they were created. They were holy before God. They lived freely. No pressure in their lives. But then there was sin. And we know that the moment that they sinned, they disobeyed God, immediately they felt insecure in their lives and they felt flawed. And so what did Adam and Eve do? Well, as soon as they sinned that moment, they created a covering for themselves. If you know the story, they took fig leaves, they covered up their imperfections, they they covered up their insecurities, their shame, their sin. It was all an attempt, and I I think that's what happens with us. We begin to try and cover up these insecurities, these flaws we have, these struggles, these fears in life, all in an effort to kind of project that we're perfect, And so, you know, what's the alternative to this? Well, I believe if it's a spiritual issue that God can solve the problem. 
You know, Paul writes this in Romans 3.20. He says, for no one, no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. No one, no one, that includes you and me, includes the person sitting next to you, people behind you, in front of you. It includes everyone that may be listening online. The, the fact is, no one can be, ever be made right with God by doing, by doing what the law commands. You know, it, it doesn't matter if you're a great person or a bad person. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor or a priest or a plumber. It doesn't matter if you're 16 years old or 96 years old. No matter who you are, You can never be made right by doing, by doing and following, given this idea of perfection, following the law. You do not have it in you. The fact is, you'll never be able to be complete that way and go, yep, got it all together, never did anything. And and the same is true for me. The fact is, the law, it just points out your sin in Scripture, It shows us the standard that we're to shoot for. The law will reveal the fact that we need help. You know, I need some mercy. I need some grace as I live life. You know, the law will confirm I am not good enough in life, and I never will be. Just take the Ten Commandments, and I want to be clear about something. You know there are a lot more commandments in Scripture than just the Ten. But the Ten Commandments, to me, are just intimidating enough. You know, don't put anything ahead of God. Strike. (laughs) Don't desire what someone else has. Well, strike again. Don't lie. All right, that's a swing and a miss there. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. Strike. Some of you already broke several of those this morning. You know, I mean, it's a struggle in our lives. You know, should should I keep going with them? No. (laughs) It'll be one strike after another, after another, after another. And my point is that you cannot live up to the commandments, no matter how hard you try. And that's just 10 commandments. There's so much more. And here's, here's the problem as I see it and the great struggle. You can't even have this conversation with culture because they'll go, well, don't tell me I'm bad. You know, don't tell me there's something wrong with me. I'm a good person. Don't judge me. And friends, it's not judging, it's just truth. It's just truth. And the fact is, all of us are in this together. We all fall short. We're all sinners in life. We all make mistakes. Now, you're fearfully, wonderfully made. You're made by God. God's put gifts and talents in you. You were created on purpose for a purpose in your life. But all of us fall short. We've sinned. We do not meet God's standard. And until you realize that you're a sinner, well, you don't see a need for a Savior in your life. 
That's why the law matters. It shows you you need help. It shows you you're not perfect. And it shows you that you need Jesus Christ. In Jesus, as a Christ follower, you're made right with God. You see, in Jesus, you are declared perfect. Not that you are perfect, but God declares you that way. You're flawless before God. How am I made right? Well, Paul's, Paul's going to tell us. He says, we're made right with God by what? Placing our faith in Jesus Christ. You know, this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who they are. In other words, we are not made right with God by doing religious things. We're not made right with God doing good works in our life. You know, we're not made right by God, with God, by eliminating the bad things in your life. You're not made right with God by joining the church. You're made right with God by putting your faith in Jesus, period. You know, who's Jesus? Well, Jesus is the Son of God. He is perfect. He was perfect in every way. You know, he hung out with sinners. He hung out with the unrighteous. He freely gave his life on the cross as a sacrifice so that you and I could be forgiven. You're made right by believing in Jesus. You got to get this here. It's not Jesus plus the church. It's not Jesus plus a lot of good works. It's not Jesus plus eliminating all the bad things in your life. It's not Jesus plus anything. It's just Jesus. We're made right simply by believing in Jesus Christ and accepting him as Savior and Lord. It's not perfection. It's the wonderful, matchless grace of Jesus Christ in life that makes us perfect. You know, and I will tell you that grace and perfectionism are two radically different things. See, perfectionism will lead you to believe this. If I obey, if I'm good enough, if I'm holy in my life, then maybe, just maybe, God will love me. Grace is different. See, it starts with the love of God. For God so loved the world that he sent his son. And because God loves me, and because God accepts me, flawed as I am, because I believe in Jesus, get this, I can obey him. I can choose to follow in response to God's goodness in life. You do not have to be perfect. You aren't, by the way. Neither am I. You do not have to always get it right. You do not have to live up to the standard every day, every time. Because of what Jesus Christ did, you've been freed from that. And when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you're made right. And friends, I will tell you, grace takes the pressure out of life. You know, when you truly understand that, it changes the way you think, 
the way you relate to other people, and it will change, radically change, the way you live your life. You know, in light of that reality, here, I've just got a couple things this morning, kind of challenges for you. And the, and the first one, it's a big one. It is something I, I am passionate about, and it is core to faith fellowship. Because of God's grace, because of God's goodness, we choose people over perfection. See that? We love people in spite of their performance. Why do we do that? Because it's what Jesus did. You know, there's a great story. It's found in the book of Luke, chapter 10. Two sisters, Mary and Martha. They're they're hosting a party. Jesus is going to be in attendance at that party. Martha, she is fretting. She is freaking out. Why? Because she wanted everything to be perfect at at the dinner. Why? Because Jesus is coming to the house. She's doing what I believe most of us would do if we were in the same same boat. You know, we want to get every detail right because Jesus is going to be here. Her sister? <laughs> well, she, on the other hand, she's just sitting chit-chatting with Jesus. Finally, Martha, can you picture? She's running around, taking care of everything, doing this, doing that, flitting about. And finally, she comes in. She's like, get off your blessed assurance and help me, you know. That's the PG version. <laughs> Jesus looks at Martha. I think he looks at you and me too. And he says this. He says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Mary chose people over perfection, over a perfect dinner, perfect gathering. Friends, don't, don't miss this. I, have you ever, uh, like, uh, tried really hard, you're, you're in some event, you know, celebration or whatever, and, and the whole time you want to get the perfect picks, you know? And, and so you get so focused on, I got to get the perfect kick, got to get the picture, or got to make sure the dinner's all right, everything's perfect. Friends, if the perfect pick is the goal of the event or your vacation or whatever, you will miss out on life. You know, people miss out all the time. You know, focusing on the wrong thing at the dinner, focusing on the wrong thing at vacation, focusing on the wrong thing at the celebration. Quit trying to make everything perfect. Choose people over perfection. People is what matters. I mean, what if you did that? Think about that. How would your relationships change at work, at home? at school, at church. You know, instead of focusing on, got to get every little detail right, you just started focusing on the people around you, focused on loving them and showing them love, letting them know you care. Friends, take the pressure off yourself. 
Take it off other people. Choose loving people over this illusion of I'm going to get it perfect. Here's the second thing. Because it'll take that pressure off and it kind of kind of allows you to settle in you're going to choose perfect love over perfect performance in your life you you can choose the perfect love of god instead of trying to perform all the time instead of trying to impress everybody around you about something that's probably not even true and you may be going well why does that really matter well, the spirit of perfectionism or, you know, projecting some image tends to be a covering of our deepest fear, our insecurities, you know, trying to cover up our, our sin, our shortcomings, our mistakes in life. And in fact, let me just ask you this. What is your greatest insecurity? What are you trying to cover up? Well, I'll help you a little bit here. Some of you, you have a feeling of inadequacy in certain arenas. Some of you have issues of shame. Some of you are afraid somebody's going to find out that you're not all that you say you are, you know, what you seem to be. Some of you spend a lot of time feeling guilty And so, consequently, you get on that treadmill because you're trying to make up for things. Some of you have a deep fear of rejection or deep, deep craving for other people to approve and to say, oh, I saw that, I saw that. It's a cover-up. And I will tell you, it will leave you wanting, striving all the time, working all the time, performing all the time, the the pursuit of that will take you absolutely nowhere in your life. You'll just burn up a lot of energy and time. You do not have to be perfect. And I know as I say that, some of you are going, wait a minute now. The very first verse that you talked about said, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And that is what the verse said. But anytime you read scripture, context is important. People forget this all the time. They'll quote scripture and they misquote it. See, Jesus, when he said that, it was in the context of not performing in our lives. But Jesus was talking about love. It's not about your behavior It's about you and I responding to the love of God by loving the people around us in life. If you back up a few verses, Jesus starts out, he says, you've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Here we go. But I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your father in heaven. He's talking about love. He's going to further define it in case we didn't get it. He says, if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? In other words, well, that's kind of dumb. It's easy to love people that that love you. Are not even the tax collectors doing that? So they were some of the most despised people. He says, you know, people do that naturally. 
if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Don't even the pagans do that. See, he, he keeps clarifying. He goes, this, this love thing's a lot harder. It's going to take a lot more work. And that's why he says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Jesus is not talking about behavior. He's not talking about our performance. You know, he's not talking about us being perfect in our life. He's talking about us being perfect in love. You know, that word uh, perfect in the Greek, it does not mean perfect performance. You know, perfect when we do things. It means mature, complete. In fact, it's the same root word that Jesus would use on the cross as he's dying. And he says, it is finished. It is complete. You know, his greatest act of love. You know, Jesus is trying to expand our understanding of love. You know, Jesus says, love everyone. Love your enemy. Love those that are lovable. That's not hard to do. Love those that are not lovable. That's a lot harder. You know, love freely. Love completely. May God's love flow just as God's love's flown to you. You know, we, we're to be perfect in reflecting the perfect love of God. And we're to be perfect when we show it to other people. Again, not being perfect in performance, but growing in the perfect love of God, growing in our love for other people that takes us to the extreme. Friends, you will never be good enough. You will never be successful enough. You will never be perfect. Do we, do we have that one down? You will never be perfect, no matter how hard you try. You will never win everybody's approval. The fact is, none of us will. I, I won't in my life. And you and I are not called to be perfect. We are not called to convince everybody here and everybody on the internet, everybody in our neighborhoods. We're not called to convince them how good we are. It is not about performance. It's about Jesus. It's not about our righteousness. Look how good I am. It's about his righteousness. Friends, you do not have to perform to get God's approval in your life. You just have to believe in Jesus Christ. The fact is there is nothing that I can do that will make God love me more or you more. There's nothing that you do that will make God love you less. See, pressure off here. Paul says this, he says, but God proves his love for us in that while we still were sinners, Christ died for us. That's how much God loves you. I would challenge you to step into that love. 
experience God's grace in your life. You know, because of Jesus, see, pressure can come off. The fact is, I know I'm going to make mistakes. So are you. But because of Jesus, I don't have to fret that stuff. I just got to pick up and try and do better the next time. Friends, because of that grace, we, we choose people over whatever that thing is that you want perfect. Just let that go. Love people. Choose the people in your life. You know, choose perfect love over perfect performance. Because you're never going get it, to get it totally perfectly right anyway. Be mature in love, complete in love. It's unconditional, undeserved love that you reflect in your life just like the love that's perfect that God gives to you. It'll change the way you live. You know, if you leave here today and you go, yeah, I'm going to mess up some things this week. Now, I'm not suggesting you go out of your way to mess things up, but the fact is all of us will mess something up this week. You're either going to say something, do something. In fact, some of you won't even make it out of the auditorium this morning. (laughs) But, kind of a challenge here. What if, when you walk out of here, you go, okay, I'm probably not going to get it right, but I'm going to get two things right. I'm going to love people. I'm going to give up that everything's going to be perfect that I lay my hands on. And I'm going to live in God's grace instead of living, trying to perform and pretend I'm perfect. I bet your life would be a lot better this week if you did that. So I want to close and... We do this. I always say the same thing, but we have people that are new here. If you got something and you go, yeah, I've been trying to be the perfect mom, the perfect dad, the perfect person at work, the perfect parent. So first of all, you're not going to be. You just do the best you can. But if you realize you're on that treadmill in some area of your life, act of faith, you just say, okay, God, I'm done. I'm letting that go, and I'm going to make people the most important thing this week. If you've got something you need to lay down that way, just stand up. I'm not going to do anything except pray for you, but to just say, I, I need to just let this junk go. I just need to let it go, and I need to let the love of God shine through me. Just stand up where you're at, and I'm going to pray for you this morning. Our holy God, You see those that are standing. God, I don't know what area. It may be every area. I don't know. But God, I pray that uh, just right now, your Holy Spirit would just, that they would sense the release of pressure in their life. That it would overwhelm them to the point that When they leave here, they're going to live differently. And God, all of us here, we need to be reminded 
people are the most important thing. Showing love to people. Yeah, things may not go great. They may not be perfect. But we're going to make a mistake by not trying to make it perfect, but by centering on people, people we love, people that are around us, that we're going to notice those that need a word of encouragement. God, help us to do that in our families. Help us do that at school or work. Help us to do it here, Lord. May we always make people the priority. And all of us, Lord, need your spirit to just remind us to live in your perfect love. Get off that treadmill trying to perform, give the illusion everything's perfect. We give it the best we got. We strive to be pleasing with all we say and do, but Lord, when we mess up, may we live in that grace. God, I thank you. I mean, your grace is huge. It affects everything. And we praise you for that. And we thank you for that. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. There'll be prayer teams down front this morning. Maybe you've got something you need prayer for. Uh, come down, share it. It's, scripture says we're to pray for one another, and so allow them to do that. And uh, let's stand. We're going to continue with worship together. <laughs>